Good evening, everybody, and happy holiday season to all my listeners who celebrate some sort of holiday the next following months. I wanted to let you know we are recording a holiday special today, and we are at the Mall of America in Minneapolis because Prince is dead and we can't go to a Prince concert. We are in Snoopy land, and I will say everything looks really weird. Snoopy's yellow and full of holes. And has buck Buck teeth. teeth. Yeah. He's square. Charlie Brown is pink. And fat. I'm wearing bathing suit. Tonight we're going to be reviewing a movie, and you may know this movie. It is the weirdest Christmas movie ever made. And no, we're not talking about those movies that have nothing to do with Christmas, that are just recycled footage with a framing device made around Christmas. Or like one of those, like, it has a vague coincidence with the holiday season, but it's not actually a Christmas movie. Yeah, we're not doing Die Hard. Yeah, we're not doing Die Hard. Tonight, we're going to be talking about... You can talk, Sophia. Oh, I was I was going to say put in... I put in, um, like... I was going to say when they say Jingle All the Way in the movie, but they don't say that. But yeah, we're going to be doing Jingle All the Way. Yes, we are. We're going to be doing Jingle All the Way tonight. The weirdest Christmas movie ever. Millicent Oriana culture expert. While seeking to unlock the secrets of all fandoms, she is exposed to an overload of every aspect of pop culture. Now, when asked a question about a piece of popular culture, she becomes curious. Now hosting a podcast and joined by amazing guests, she seeks to find answers and find a way to live off her talents and to make a fun podcast. Don't make me ask bad questions. Because like most comedians, Sinbad is very angry on the inside. All right. So to start off, the movie starts with Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to make it to his kid's karate meeting. And he sells like mattresses. Yeah, we figured he was like a hotel supplier for mattresses. Yeah, because he was selling mattresses. That's clearly what he's doing. 200 king size per next Friday. No problem whatsoever. But only for you, Mr. Jacobs. Because you're our number one customer. And he's like, for some reason, stalling at the beginning. It's not clear why. Well, he's got to make that sweet, sweet mattress money. Yeah, it's the day. <laughs> oh, don't even joke about mattress money. That goes deep. And I don't even know if we should talk about oh. it because a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. If any mattress companies want me to sponsor them, I know like poisonous. And I'm glad we got the fed instead because we're not going to. Well. I don't know if it, we, because I'm just glad that, you know, we didn't get the poison mattress that everybody was advertising on their podcast. Well, I, I hear that the guy who makes those mattresses wears a monocle and goes to lunch with the guy who does Patriot Porridge, which we support Patriot Porridge. We absolutely do. Earlier, we were talking about Isaac Newton making a Philosopher's Stone, and he just got his ratios wrong. That's the only reason he went crazy and died. Uh, also, for our audience, uh, Millie and Sophia have uh, moved. So our new recording area, uh, you might hear some pops, and that's from a charming, cozy little fire we got going. Yeah, we actually, we're, our power is out in this room, so our heat is being supplied by the fireplace tonight, and it's the middle of winter, so. And it, hopefully the loud ones will be able to edit out, but you might hear some crackles. Technically, it's actually just the beginning of winter. Yeah, technically it is only the beginning. Okay, well, it's New Mexico, and it gets freaking cold in the desert during winter. Yeah. Oh, it does. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the movie starts off with Arnold, like, getting to his kid's uh, karate class. He's trying to get to it. We have two little cats that are Christmas Grinches. And he winds up getting pulled over by a cop. 
and the cop's an asshole. The cop is like such a petty dickhead. There. Are we finished now? Recite the alphabet. A, B, C. Backwards. And it's great because the whole movie, cops are petty dickheads. And incompetent. And incompetent. And they're petty dickheads. And it's kind of a valuable lesson. Mm-hmm. That a cop is a petty dickhead. Arnold shows up. Uh, eventually, Jake Lloyd gets his purple belt. Yeah, and uh, Arnold doesn't get there. And he's like all like, eh, I'm sorry. Honestly, the mom doesn't really matter. No. Uh, she's just kind of there as an object for Arnold to lose to his neighbor. Mm-hmm. And she's just, I mean, granted, though, I will say that I commented that uh, Rita Wilson or whatever her name is, is a babe. She was a milf. But moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I won't disagree. It's just she's kind of uh, she doesn't really like have a whole lot to importance to the plot. Other than see. telling Arnold you're a punk for not being there for your kid. Les, you should have seen us in there. I mean, we were really bonding. We were drawing. We were laughing, having a great time talking about that turbo guy. Turbo man, which reminds me, you got the doll, right? Yeah, exactly. Which the it kid seems like she usually just amplifies a kid's voice. Yeah, which the kid also just got a belt in Taekwondo, so it doesn't even really matter. Because, I mean, they made Donald Trump a grandmaster. That's not a real martial art. Yeah, so honestly, though, the one thing I did notice is how disappointed the kid is in Arnold afterward. And it made me think, oh, my God, that must have been what it was like with that, that kid he had with the maid. At first, when he's trying to bond with that kid. Yeah, because Jake Lloyd's just fucking ignoring him. Yeah. He, it's great. And he's like, oh. He's like, playing, he's like watching TV or playing video games or something. Reading he's, a comic. Yeah, and he's like trying to like bond with him. And the kid's just like, give it up. Like, Go away. You suck. Listen, it was not my fault. Jamie, don't walk away from your father. And it's great because it's like, wow, that must have been what it was like him bonding with that kid afterward. So he eventually asked the kid, what can I do to make up for it? And the kid's like, get me the Turbo Man, which, okay, the movie, the very beginning of the movie begins with this sequence. It's like this this Turbo Man show. And like it's a Sentai a anime, right? What? Like a Sentai anime? Uh, like a Sentai TV show. Sentai TV. Um, or like a, a, a Tonkatsu. Tonkatsu. Um, Sentai are like, like the fighting teams. And tonkatsu is the genre that like even kaiju films and everything are a part of. It's big explosions and crazy sets. And in episode two of nine, when Ichi plays Scratchy's xylophone like a skeleton, he strikes the same riff. Yet he produces two clearly different tones twice in succession. <laughs> I mean, what are we to believe that this is some sort of uh, <laughs> a magic xylophone or something? Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking, like, you know, it's very much like the Power Rangers. Power Rangers is part of Tonkatsu, as yeah. well as Godzilla, as well as um, uh, uh, anything like that, like uh, that, that Planet of the Apes show that they made in Japan. Um, Spider-Man is a great example of, like, one of the original Tonkatsu shows. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Spider. Okay. The reason that Power Rangers was made, well, not Power Rangers, but the original uh, 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 Zero Rangers show, the reason that that was made was because of the success of Spider-Man. Spider-Man had a robot in the, in the Japanese show because robots were big. Japanese Spider-Man's pretty cool. Yeah. It does sound cool. He sounds really cool. I mean, yeah. 
That's why I'm excited about the new uh, Into the Spider-Verse, because the Japanese Spider-Man is going to be in it. Yeah, good movie. But that's not what we're talking about here. No, that is not what we're talking about here. Here we're talking about Jake Lloyd, and we're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger, and we're talking about Jake Lloyd being annoying. I want the Turbo Man action figure with the arms and legs that move, and the boomerang suitor, and the rock and roller jetpack, and the realistic voice activator that says five different phrases, including, it's Turbo Time! Accessories sold separately, batteries not included. Yeah. But, again... Turbo Man it begins with the whole Turbo Man segment, and it's a very weird way to start off a movie, especially that's like not about oh, yeah. this. Discs, yeah, yeah, it's just like a fake, fake TV show commercial yeah. thing. So he tells the kid, "Yeah, I'll get you the Turbo Man," and. I mean, this was, like, during the height of, like, the Tickle Me Elmo and stuff. Like, I mean, I've seen that video of that person slamming that person's head in a door. This is when people were <laughs> regularly getting trampled to death during Black Friday sales. Yeah. Aww. Oh, man, I got to get me one of those. Hey, I'm not waiting till the store opens. <laughs> wow. Only 22 seconds from muttering to door smash. That projects to a profit of... $370 million. I'd still sleep a little easier if I saw some trampling. Oh, ow, 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 ow. Now, why would you wear cleats to a store? Okay, so yeah, uh, after he agrees to it, it's freaking Christmas Eve, and he agrees to get the kid this toy that's sold out everywhere. Oh, excuse me. Yes? I'm trying to find a gentleman doll. Me too, me too. Do you have any more in the back? <laughs> what? <laughs> she laughing at <laughs> <laughs> these, these guys are looking for a uh, turbo man? A gentleman <laughs> dog, yes. <laughs> They're looking for turbo man. What happens is Arnold agrees to like get the kid this doll. Because, as we all know, the only way you can get your kids to love you is to buy their love. Mm-hmm. And he does so blindly. Yeah. Without being like, oh, maybe it's hard to get. Like, you know, because like... It's oh, he doesn't the, care about his kids, so he has no idea how popular Turbo Man is. Oh yeah, but like the, the he, he, okay, if somebody said like you know get me get, get me like you know a a copper pot from like um, like Zeta Michelle, I'd be like okay, I don't know how popular those are. Maybe there's a lot of them. Maybe I'd have to special order them. You know. Yeah, yeah, but you see, you're a caring person, so <laughs> yeah. So he's like, hell yeah, I'll get this for you. Yeah, because he doesn't have empathy. Yeah. Cock and Balls says this the night of December 23rd. Psychopath. Yeah. yeah. Uh, everything will work out for me, like Archer. The eve of Christmas Eve, he comes up with this plan. Yeah, which is a great idea. So he goes out on Christmas Eve in Minneapolis. Oh, before before that, I will add, and then he lies to his wife about who asked him two weeks prior to get the same toy. Um, yeah. Like and he, he just didn't even recognize the name or anything because he's so busy selling that sweet mattress. Yep. Yeah. So he's like, hell yeah. And, and he just yeah, he just tells his wife that he already got it. Oh, yeah. And the whole time, like you have Phil Hartman, who's like, I guess, screwing like every woman in their neighborhood. The kids look great, don't they? Yeah, they do. Ted, I baked you some cookies. You know, to thank you for fixing my screen door. Well, thanks, Judy. <laughs> One, two, three. Ted, I was wondering if you'd mind taking a look at my porch light. It just doesn't seem to be working, and uh, you being such a handyman. Sure, I've got just the tool for the job. 
Yeah. Seems like that that's what he's doing. Yeah, so Cock and Balls runs around Minneapolis the whole day looking for the toy. And he runs into Sinbad, which Sinbad is the saving grace of the movie. My son sent me out for some, like, goofy butt toy. Some fruity robot named Turtle Man. It's Turtle Man. My son wants one, too. You know it's all a ploy, don't you? A ploy. Man, where have you been? Don't you watch TV? We are being set up by rich and powerful toy cartels. Oh, come now on. Now you got these big fat cats sit there using working class just like me and you. They spend billions of dollars on TV advertisement, and then they sit there and use subliminal messages to suck your children's minds out. And I know what I'm talking about because I went to junior college for a semester and I studied psychology, so I'm right in there. I know what's going on. And then they sit there and make a kid feel like garbage if you, the father, who's working 24-7, delivering mail so you can make an alimony payment to a woman that slept with everybody at the post office but me! And then when you get the toy, it breaks and you can't fix it because it's a little cheap plastic. You know what I like to do? I like to walk up in that office, grab one of those guys, and just chuck him, and just chuck him until his eye pops out! Shouldn't wear fur. Yeah, Sinbad honestly uh, was a lot better than I remember. The last time I watched this movie was probably around the time it came out when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I hadn't seen the movie in a while. Most of the parts that I like genuinely laughed at were Sinbad parts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sinbad was great in the movie. And it had the same tenor and kind of like delivery like style as his... uh, awesome cameo in uh, it's always sunny so i'm like pretty sure he wrote his part oh yeah or his cameo in uh american dad oh what, what was that again remember, remember he's on the spaceship of... with jeff yeah it's also the one though where sinbad like you know oh so this is where you've been all this time you gotta make sure you leave enough room for cucumbers and tahini okay are you listening to me i'm sorry it's just that well you're sinbad yeah i know so what Wow, so this is where you've been for the last 15 years. What? I just got here two months ago. Oh, sorry. They meet at the toy store. And a young Chris Parnell, which... These these guys are looking for a Turbo Man? A gentleman (laughs) dog, yes. (laughs) He looks weird. He actually aged into his face a lot better. Yeah, we were discussing that during the movie. He looks a lot better as, like, an... uh, older adult man yeah he looked kind of weird as a younger guy but um yeah chris parnell is the toy store clerk and him and a bunch of other people are laughing at arnold for wanting the turbo man doll because yeah he, he, you know they're stupid for waiting till christmas eve to fucking buy this goddamn thing yeah still though the amount of derision yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. no they're like you like publicly ridiculing them in the store with all of the other customers yeah so they're trying all over town, and the whole time everybody's laughing at them, and then they find out that there's a bunch at the Mall of America. But yeah, yeah, Sinbad is, like, one of the only actually enjoyable parts. Uh, to be fair, the movie was better than I remember it being. Yeah, it is. I mean, a lot of the, like, a lot of the bits are old and tired in it. Oh, yeah. A lot of things are dated. Mm-hmm. Even by the time the movie came out, they were already dated bits. Oh yeah. So him and him and uh, Sinbad like he uh, Sinbad acts all buddy buddy with him about getting the toy, and he screws him over every chance he can. Oh yeah, this movie is actually. I noticed that like Sinbad's desperate to be his buddy. Mm-hmm. He, he can't exist in a '90s movie being a black guy without being a sidekick. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got to be a sidekick of some kind. Yeah, but he's also the antagonist at the same time. Which is an interesting turn. It's a very interesting turn because he's the sidekick and the antagonist. Yeah. Like, uh, I guess that movie, the movie did have one, like, original thing about it. Yeah. I mean, I do have to admit that way is pretty original. He's the sidekick, but he's also the antagonist. Yeah. Because, you know, he has to get the Turbo Man for his kid, too. Yeah. So, like, they're... They're, they're, they're at the mall. They they meet up. Yeah, they go to the Mall of America, and there's this whole thing with the... With, where they're fighting over these bouncy balls and... Uh, to get the get the doll and Arnold like tries getting the ball out of that little girl's mouth, tries eating it and Yeah, it bounces all around and there's this girl in a ball pit and he tries to trade the ball and she says no and instead of trying any additional thing, he like starts like wrenching the ball out of the, his mouth and then they rightly start like calling him a pervert because hitting him. Yeah, because obviously well not obviously he's not a pervert, but he's a, a maniac. He's a maniac because he's grabbing some random kid. We keep cutting to the B story of the movie. Which is Phil Hartman trying to get in Arnold's wife's pants. Ted, what the hell are you doing on my roof? What's Ted doing on your roof? Ta-da! <laughs> I had some extra lights in the garage, and since you didn't put up any yourself, I thought, what the heck? Why not spread a little Christmas cheer around the neighborhood? Oh, gee, Ted, how thoughtful. Hey, sorry you missed the karate class today, but don't worry. I got it all on video for you. Yeah, because at the beginning, um, like you were saying, like you know, he wants to get into the neighborhood's pants. I mean, they're at that um, at that taekwondo match, yeah. not taekwondo match, but the no, it was, it was taekwondo. They kept calling it karate, but oh yeah, but it wasn't a match; taekwondo, it was a belt ceremony. Yeah, it was just a belt ceremony. I remember, uh, like, uh, they're making some really like dumb innuendo that like. Thank you for helping fix my screen door. Yeah, yeah and like, oh, can you help me? I need a handyman. He's like, any time. Yeah, he was being real gross. Like, Phil also, Hartman he, is exceedingly gross in this movie. I could not yeah, not imagine was. him as Lionel Hutz from The Simpsons, who's this, like, disgraced uh, lawyer. Yeah. Like, he sounds the same. He uses the same voice in this and that. Oh, My problem is I'm a real user of women. I move in right away and stay until the money's gone. Also, Troy McClure, which yeah. is another great oh, yeah. character he plays. Uh, it's also another effed up person. Oh yeah, although Troy McClure does have a slightly uh, de- le- 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 Troy McClure is more like that. Yeah, he changes like that. his voice a little bit, but no, Lionel Hutz is pretty much his just his voice. Yeah, Mr. Simpson. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But um, so as they're at the Mall of America, Arnold runs into uh, Jim Belushi. Which for anybody that doesn't know, uh, he's John Belushi's even more gross and worthless brother. So it's like, uh, imagine like a caveman, you roll him around in shit and kick him in the head a couple times. And yeah, that's his brother. Not a fan? I'm not a fan of either of them. <laughs> like they're both, they were, okay. Yeah, just after that description, I had to ask. <laughs> Let's just say they're both gross people. Like that's the thing about both of them. Oh, so what happens too is that uh, as they lose the, the bouncy ball and him and Simbad are leaving and they hear that another store got a shipment of Turbo Man's in and uh, as he's racing to his car and Simbad's racing to his mail truck because he's he's a laid off mailman and what you kind of notice throughout the movie is he just kind of kept the uniform in his bag and the truck and, and all the mail all the mail that was in it <laughs> it kind of went nuts he kind of went, went great and he's been drinking like all day yeah I mean he does say um, I'm a mailman so you know I'm unstable you wouldn't want to hurt a fellow civil servant which what's all this violence this Christmas now it's just delivering some Christmas hey back up 
This is a homemade explosive device. And I'll blow it up. Know why? Because I work for the post office, so you know I'm not stable. Yeah, yeah. he does say that. So, yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, uh, Arnold backs into the cop's motorcycle, and it was the same cop who gave him the speeding ticket the night before that made him miss the karate or the taekwondo yeah. Ceremony. Yeah, and the cop's a petty piece of shit, so... Again. Yeah, so then he's late to the Mall of America, but then he gets there and they get the whole bouncy ball thing. So he runs into Jim Belushi, and again, gross brother of John Belushi, which John oh. Belushi is pretty gross. Yeah, uh, they they say... He, Arnold uh, says he's not a pervert and he's just looking for a Turbo Man doll, and I'm pretty sure Jim Belushi is a pervert, and he'd give him a Turbo Man doll. <laughs> yeah. So he runs into him, and he also runs into uh, his elf, who's played by the very talented Danny Woodburn. That was taken this morning. Which Danny Woodburn always just plays this, like, well, I mean, you know, he is a little person, but he always plays these people that, like, he really always plays, shady characters. Yeah, these shady people that always work as, like, elves. And stuff like that. Well, like, except for in Death to Smoochie, where he does, he is just a really good friend in that movie. Yeah, he's just a good friend in that movie. To an insane person. Yes. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah, <laughs> Danny Woodburn, though, he was uh, Kramer's buddy in Seinfeld. Yeah, he was Kramer's buddy. Uh, I've seen him in a bunch of things, in all yeah. honesty. Oh, yeah, but he always plays like this really shady guy. <laughs> yeah, his career was definitely more in the 90s. Yeah. Except for, uh, I mean, Death Smoochie was early 2000s. Yeah, like, it went into the early 2000s, yeah. but I don't re really recall seeing him much after, like, 2005, I would say. Yeah, something like that. But, uh, yeah, so uh, he winds up going to this, like, this shady warehouse that's full of a bunch of, like, mall Santas and, like, Mrs. Clauses and elves. And I argue that this is honestly probably the best part of the movie. It is. It's very bizarre, but it's it also yeah. surreal. Password. Jingle bells. Batman smells. So yeah, they uh, Arnold follows him there, and he pays him like, isn't it like five hundred bucks to get one of these? There it is. Ah. That'll be three hundred dollars. No, chocolate kisses. Yes, dollars. They, yeah, and they give him like this cheap, broken one that like speaks bad Spanish. It's... Don't open that up. No, no, no. Es el tiempo del hombre de terrible. Oh, well, that's the uh, multilingual version. It's like clearly a knockoff. Yeah, and uh, he calls them con men and they decide to jump him. Because they're con men and they can't let that shit get yeah. out, I guess. So he starts fighting a bunch of them and then... Uh, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting an army of Santa Clauses yeah. in a fucking warehouse. Including the big show who at the time was still Paul the Giant White. Well, I don't... I. It said so in the credits. It said the giant. Oh, it did say Paul the Giant White? Okay. Yes, it said the giant in the credits. It'll okay. And I'll say it, 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 um, the, I will say it would have been um, if those were knockoffs, uh, trademark infringement and copyright infringement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, they're breaking a lot of laws. And if they even if they were destined for another market, I think that's like some kind of market SEC kind of stuff. Oh, right? Also, mugging people that have buyer's remorse—that's also <laughs> illegal as shit. Yeah, you can't pull that shit. Yeah. 
So uh, the police show up, and Arnold uses a, a fake, fake police badge. badge to pretend that he's a cop, and it totally works. And, I mean, the worst part is it seems like that would actually be incredibly easy to do in real life. Yeah, if you just flash the badge quick enough to another cop, I feel like in that chaotic of a situation, they might let you go past. Well, he's also dressed like, you know, like um, like like a detective might, you know, in a coat. and uh, Kind of, yeah. He has that long coat on. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he also talks down to them. And, like, I'm, I'm imagining, you know, police officers tend to be very rank and file. Yeah, he says, like, this whole story about how he's been onto this ring for three months and that they blew his operation. Oh, yeah, and, like, just makes him seem like they screwed up. He's got this God-given way of sort of throwing the cops like a smoke bomb so they can never sort of figure out what's going on. It's like they're stupid with him. Like they just get sidetracked yeah. on something else totally different. They come in, try and arrest him, and the next thing they know, they're headed somewhere else doing something completely different. Guys, we're on live TV here. Just want you to remember that, okay? This is part of your monthly evaluation. I didn't want to tell you. We're not supposed to tell you, but stay right there. that's why the camera's here, guys. That's why the TV's here. Frank. Yeah. Frank, come on back here. I think they got us again. Okay, so after that, they go to this coffee shop. And uh, it's one of the only two black actors in the movie that's like actually has a speaking line, which uh kind of weird for Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And, a little weird, seemed like. Uh, it was a little weird for Minneapolis. Yeah, Arnold goes there, and then uh, Sinbad, was he already in it, or did he follow him in? He was in it as well. Yeah, he was already in it. Okay. Yeah. So um, Sinbad and him start talking and Sinbad's telling him about how when he was a kid, he really wanted one toy as a kid. And, and it was uh, it was some, a gun that's like 15 other guns. Yeah, it was yeah. like some like one of those old toys from like the 60s. It's like a bunch of different guns. And like he talks about like some guy that he knew that bought one and be, or got one for Christmas, and became a billionaire. And the nerd forensics cat is laying down on my foot and meowing, so I had to give him some attention. <laughs> what about you, Sophia? What was the thing you really wanted that you got for Christmas? You know what's funny is that the gift that stands out the most is um, it's, it's kind of a silly one. It's I wanted um, I, my mom could sew, and I wanted her to sew me a gold satin robe with uh, red and uh, white uh, trim uh, with uh lapel with uh, lapels and with a thing that had my initials uh with uh jcb at the time with a pocket and with pockets down here and with a, a thing belt i could tie well i need a window seat because this flower is wilting however that is pretty <laughs> yeah, sweet that does yeah and it sounds that's like a nice that's a nice it thing. sounds nice it does sound nice and me oh, it was comfy it was the x-men danger room which i got the thing is i really wanted it and i remember my parents got it for me and uh yeah, I have like a really like strained relationship and thoughts about them sometimes, but I will say that was a pretty good memory. But uh, yeah, that's your parents. I was talking about the danger room toy. I'm oh, sorry. Okay, we'll edit this. <laughs> that's out. what I was meant. We'll edit this out then. Geez, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I know, keep that, that in. Mark no, actually, the I think, show. I think we can keep the whole bit in. This is actually okay, pretty yeah. funny in my opinion. But, uh, did this guy teach you guys? Yeah. Yes, he did. We were in the same class. No. Yeah, well, no, I didn't like it, though. What the hell are you talking about? I like that class. What? I gotta go. Yeah, sorry, but yeah, I got a da- the danger room, and I remember I had, like, a catapult in it and stuff, and it barely flung the X-Men, but I thought it was, like, the coolest thing ever. Like, it, like just kind of, like, flipped him over. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I also remember, like, it was pretty fun, though. 
I had a lot of fun with that damn thing. I wanted it really bad because I guess like the ad campaign really sunk into my brain. Awesome. Yeah. So mine was uh, I was I was really into wrestling, pro wrestling, WWF as a kid. That was my that was my jam. So mine was the uh, SmackDown Arena playset. Um, so it had like a ring it came with. And there was, like, a little under, like, side area that you could put, like, tables and chairs and other weapons in it. A little slot. Then there was a little place in front of it that was, like, the mat outside the ring. And then it had, like, uh, these two metal grating things that came up and around it. So you could do, like, ladder matches off that shit. That's cool. It was pretty cool. I loved it. And then uh, my parents were fun enough to sign it as from Vince McMahon. Which, uh... Looking back now, uh, that creepy asshole <laughs> sending you a gift would be terrifying. <laughs> It'd be like Walt Disney writing Kurt Russell on that piece of paper right before he died. You know, it, it, it was it was it was a good toy. I loved it. Getting back to them being at the coffee shop, they start uh, drinking together, and uh, <laughs> the best scene happens where Jake Lloyd is drinking out of a bottle. And he looks over and he's like, here's to you, dad. And it's like, wow, that's really funny because Jake Lloyd's this guy that like blames everybody for his own problems. And like, oh, yeah, because that's the the, the mailman um, uh, because he, he's giving them both uh, some kind of brown liquor uh, in the coffee. Bourbon of some kind. Yeah, it's like cheap bourbon. Yeah. Like it's a little like pint he has in his pocket and uh he pours some in Arnold's coffee, and he pours some in his, and he's drinking it from the bottle too. And he imagines his son is Sinbad. Yeah, Arnold ima- or yeah, Arnold imagines his son is Sinbad yeah. in the mailman outfit, and he's just drinking from from the pine. Here's to you, Dad. And me? Well, <laughs> I'm just a loser with no future. Here's to you, Dad. And then so after that, Martin Mull is on the radio talking about naming the uh, the reindeer. Yeah, name, if you can name Santa's reindeer, they'll give you a Turbo Man doll. Yeah, so Arnold and Sinbad fight over the phone, and the phone gets broken. And the diner owner's like, hey, the radio station's about two blocks away. Now, in real life, the diner owner would be like, you motherfuckers, I'm calling the cops. You broke my phone, sons of bitches. Yeah, he'd be mad at them. I know how mad he'd be. He'd be already probably hitting them with a frying pan. Yeah, he'd be very mad. <laughs> so uh, they uh, they start running down to the, the radio station. And at this point, somebody calls in and says, Michael, Tito, Jermaine, and like starts naming all the Jacksons. And it, that's when we realized this this whole city is full of morons in this movie. Yeah, like... I'd be horrified if that was what Minneapolis was actually like. Yeah. And here's the thing, too, about it is that it's it's not even like, you know, everybody's morons, but kind of works together. It's like the people who are supposed to be taken seriously are also like inconsistently morons. And his like also his wife is just like completely like. Like she's like completely like just a mirror of the people around her. And she's uh, uh, she's just basically like an intermediary between the conflict between him, Phil Hartman's character, and uh, his son. Yeah, 
Yeah, because like it's basically Phil Hartman. The 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 B story is Phil Hartman's trying to steal Arnold's family, and like he's great and sleazy and gross throughout all of it, and we all miss Phil Hartman, but nobody else really adds anything. Like the <sighs> child actors are the worst. Oh, and especially in this movie. In this movie, uh, they're real bad because his the kid who plays his son is not good. He's hey, just annoying. He, he, he has a name. I don't. Jake Lloyd. No, not Jake oh, Lloyd. The, the fat kid. Phil Hartman's son. Yeah. yeah, that little fat kid. Which yeah, he's unbearable. He's just as annoying as Jake Lloyd. If not worse, somehow. Yeah. So uh, they uh, Arnold and Sinbad are at the radio station, and they're like fighting, and Martin Mull calls the cops. Because they scare the hell out of him. Because they break into his office and like are trying to like threaten him to get the Turbo Man doll. And Sinbad starts waving a bomb around. That well, he just pulls a package out of his bag <laughs> and claims it's a bomb, and then he held on to one just in case he needed it. And then yeah, he says the thing about like I'm postal, like I, I'm a uh, postal man. I you might be. You know I'm unstable. Yeah, yeah. It turns out it's a music box, and then the police show up. And it's that same cop that's been running into Arnold, the one that he hit his motorcycle that pulled him over in the beginning. And uh, he, guess what? He's a fucking prick again. Yeah. And Sinbad starts waving another fake bomb around and he runs away. And that guy shows up and is like, you've been had. And I've he, been down the bomb squad for 10 years. And he opens it up and there's a blast and they shouldn't have cut back to them, but instead they cut back to him and he looks like a cartoon character. And he's covered in black smoke and no other cops are covered in black smoke. Like and, there's no other damage and nobody's hurt and nobody's dead. Yeah. Wouldn't the windows blown out? Yeah. Yeah. The windows blew out and there's like a huge fireball behind Arnold and Sinbad. Yeah. And they're like both looking back like, Oh, that was shit. a bomb. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, just cut away. Just don't show their corpses. It'll be fine. Yeah. It was a PG movie, so, you know, they had to show that they're fine. They didn't have to show anything. They didn't have to, but it had to be, <laughs> it had to very least be implied they were okay. No, but they instead, didn't. we got some fucking Looney Tunes shit. Mask of the Phantasm was PG, and it was implied that the Reaper iced so many people in that movie. Okay, that's a good argument. <laughs> I can't dispute that. Yeah, look at Star Wars. That was PG. Those dudes died in like fireballs and stuff. Although I will say they invented PG thirteen for Star Wars, wasn't it? They weren't nope. cops. Temple of, oh, Doom. Uh, Temple of Doom. That's right. That's Temple right. Temple of Doom. Because it's just you know he's taking a dude's heart out. We we can't let small children see that. I think we shouldn't let small children see this awful like image of Indian people as people who eat monkey brains and stuff. Just because that was okay with the censors. Just because oh, they remade a racist movie from the thirties. No, it's okay if you remake it. It's kitsch, right? And it was great because as the movie was premiering, 30s. Steven Spielberg and George Lucas were like, "What did we do?" <laughs> uh, uh, it, like when you're looking at it in small parts and pieces, it it, it 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 it's like a jigsaw puzzle. You don't realize the the shape until it's finished. Yeah, this is why. This is also why you you take regular sleep while you're doing a creative project. Otherwise, you end up being like, okay, maybe if I make this part out of the old version of this part, but connected to a version that was broken, like you just get into a weird. No, yeah, you get into a weird thing. So. It all returns back to George Lucas, doesn't it? With Jake Lloyd and everything else. It all goes back to Lucas. It always goes back to Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> so after this, Arnold and him run away, and Arnold goes back home, 
And uh, he tries stealing the Turbo Man doll from Phil Hartman, and he almost burns Phil Hartman's house down. Oh! And, oh, go ahead. Sorry. There was this great song in it called Backdoor Santa, or at least that's what I'm calling it. Yeah, that is what it's called, I think. And we were we were wondering what it might mean. And I like the theory that it was about somebody breaking into another person's house and stealing their presents. Yeah, and going out the back door with them. And that's exactly what Arnold did in the movie, so I like to think that that might be some evidence. Yeah, and he like, so he's stealing the Turbo Man doll, and he gets attacked by a reindeer and almost burns down Phil Hartman's house. Phil Hartman rented a reindeer for the holidays because he's... A douche. A psychopath. He's a psychopath, and his whole plan is he's after he's there's a family of deer at the park. He's going to release it and hope they accept it, which I don't think that's what would happen. There's like a pecking order, though. But there is a pecking order. Yeah, there is a pecking order. And I don't know if they would just allow a random reindeer into their herd. Yeah. yeah sometimes they will. It just really depends. It really depends. It's like tapirs It just depends stuff. on the group. Yeah, it's it's like all mammals. Mammals yeah. just it depends. just depends on the group, the, the particular group you come across. Oh yeah, and resources. Yeah, and um, the resources that are available. <laughs> so uh, Phil Hartman and him, like all that happens, and then Arnold gets drunk with the reindeer that he got into a fight with, which he punches and tells the reindeer that you started it, which I think is a Conan the Barbarian reference, because uh, I remember him hitting the camel and then getting drunk with the camel later. Yeah. So after all that. We get to the parade starts up and they're going to the parade and Jake Lloyd is like crying at his dad like so much in this movie and he wants his dad to go to the parade, which I guess since he's been let down in every other aspect by his dad, this is a small thing to ask for. Yeah, so Arnold decides I'm going to actually go and do something for my kid and he tries going to the parade and he winds up running into that freaking cop again, and he has to run away from the cop. And he winds up being in the parade. Yeah, because like they, they he, they're like, "Where have you been?" Yeah, he gets pulled backstage by like a racist uh, a guy who plays snot from uh, a Family Guy and from American Well, no, Dad. no, no, no. He doesn't get pulled backstage by him. He gets oh yeah, that's right. He was sitting on like the a, yeah. I don't know if it was a stagehand or, like, maybe a manager of some kind. I, I don't know. You! Who are you? Are are you the guy? Huh? Oh, thank God. Hey, we got him, people! Okay, okay, listen up. We're running late here, so pay attention. You already read the instruction manual we sent you, so you know about all the important controls. Let me just go over a couple of the changes. There the changes. are three cutoff valves to the nitro fuel. What, what did you yeah, It was some dude, PA. though, like some PA yeah, or something. PA. And they're talking about some guy who got, like, mangled by this, like, experimental jetpack they use for this thing. Thank you for filling in for P on such short notice. It was a total freak accident what happened at rehearsal, and we're confident that we got all the accident. casework out of the system. Ow. Oh, and you should know the doctor said Pete actually showed some brain activity this morning. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really good sign. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong, this scene, next scene coming up is insane, but we'll get there in a second. So, he want, like, they show him to uh, Curtis Armstrong. Uh, who's his like sidekick and Curtis Armstrong makes a racist joke about Chinese people. That's not funny. Yeah. And, uh, 
he winds up um, getting in the suit. And this thing has like a jet pack and like disc launchers that could actually like knock somebody out and stuff. And a real boomerang. And a real boomerang and everything. And, well, it, it's crazy. But, oh, go ahead. And I will say, like, when he was getting dressed, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Because earlier... Um, well, I, well, I had predicted that he was going to kidnap Turbo Man. Yeah, that he's going to kidnap Turbo Man and present him to his son. Yeah, but uh, like, and you were like so close yet so far or something. Yeah, and then she predicted that he was going to become Turbo Man. Which he does. Which and, he does. I, and I was like, every time I guessed, I hedged because I was like, I really can't can't give this this movie no credit. Yeah, and every time I heard Curtis Armstrong talk, I just kept thinking of Snot from American Dad. Like, all he kept thinking about was, my therapist says I'm a bad kisser. So, um, Sinbad shows up as the Turbo Man villain right after Arnold, like, there's a Turbo Man doll that he's supposed to give one lucky kid in the audience. And, you know, he chooses his own son. And he says his name, and he's about to tell him I'm your dad. And, like, this whole thing seems like, I think this would be a violation of the Game Show Act. Like, I really think this would be a violation of the Game Show Act. Yeah, I think, I think so because it is technically... Like a giveaway. A giveaway. And yeah, so I think it would be technically a violation of the Game Show Act. Which uh, is, now, also, though, Arnold should not be in this position in the first place. No, he should not. So, uh, the PA fucked up. Oh, yeah. So Arnold, like, fights Sinbad because Sinbad shows up as the villain. It's Turbo Man's arch enemy, Dementor. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Was that in the script? All right, kid, give me the dial and nobody gets hurt. Myron? That's right, Turtle Man. Thought you could outsmart me, didn't you? Huh? Thought your little suit idea was so slick. But you know what? I'm one step ahead of you because I've got a bigger brain. Like, he jacks that guy's suit. And his suit also has a bunch of, like, armaments in it and stuff. Like, this thing, he shoots his hand like a projectile, which doesn't make any sense because Sinbad's real hand doesn't detach, so... How would his fake, like, because he, like, flexes it afterwards to make sure it's still working. Yeah. It, like, it doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Oh, yeah. Like, why would... Is this an actual super suit they gave him? Yeah, and they gave it to Arnold. And like, it seems like they have everything they need to be superheroes just for this parade. It's Turbo And, uh... He's like chasing Jake Lloyd and Jake Lloyd's running away with his Turbo Man doll. Oh, and also, everybody thinks he's part of the parade. Yeah, uh, all yeah, everybody thinks that it's part of the parade and that it's just oh, they're being cute and he's chasing the kid for the doll. Yeah. Oh, and earlier Arnold's wife finally stood up to uh, Phil Hartman and hit him with his thermos and that was great. Cuz he's but, talking about trying to bang her. It's useless, Liz. We can't hide our feelings any longer. Feelings? You know, Liz, I don't have to tell you. I'm a very eligible bachelor. There are lots of women who would give anything to be in your position right now. Well, I'm a lucky, lucky girl. Enough talking. <laughs> well, 
That didn't exactly go as well as I'd hoped. But again, really doesn't serve any purpose. Yeah. Um, so Arnold starts flying around with his jetpack that he has on his super suit to save Jake Lloyd. Oh, Jake Lloyd is like climbing a ladder, like up a like three story building. And people are just like, oh, it's part of the show. This yeah. child's just in danger. And he's on like scaffolding that starts yeah. collapsing. And like, Ar- like the ki- like Jake Lloyd's parents, Arnold and Arnold's wife are like, oh my God. And like, oh, everybody's like, your kid's great. It's, like, really stupid. And then he, like, saves the kid from Sinbad, and they have, like, their epic battle. And as Sinbad's going to jail, which he's probably going to go to jail for, like, 40 or 50 years. Yeah, okay. So, before we get there, Arnold takes off with the jetpack, and he flies around and, like, he flies around the city. Because he's, like, going supersonic speeds at points, which is fucking horrifying. Also, it's like the worst CG you'll ever see. Yeah, it's like it's I mean, bad. Yeah, it's like the Rocketeer. Um, yeah, and he puffs up and he falls over and he hurts himself and it's played up as, to be funny, I guess, as comedy. It's not good. He would have been killed. Uh, and then when Jake Lloyd's about to fall from the scaffolding, uh, that's when he flies up and saves him. And saves him. And Sinbad's gonna go to jail for probably like fifty years. Oh, yeah, and, uh, w- with what he was doing. And he's like, I had it, I had it. And Jake Lloyd's like, here, here's a Turbo Man, because I have the real Turbo Man as my dad. Oh, no, before we even get there, Jake Lloyd gives this whole speech about how he just wishes his dad was there at the parade. The Turbo Man costume, it's like one of those uh, Gambit-style, cut-around-the-face-style masks with an orange visor. You can definitely transparent, tell Transparent. Very transparent very orange. Very transparent orange oh. visor. You can easily tell this is fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger also, in his costume. Also, he's a giant Austrian man. Yeah, he's also a giant Austrian man. And how many of those are in his life? Yeah. He's also a giant Austrian man. Yeah. So, I mean, me and Jacob were talking about that video of that dumbass that drop kicked Arnold. If you saw that, and he, like, it looked like he didn't even freaking register yeah it looked like he was like somebody's tapping on my shoulder (laughs) somebody needs my attention yeah and um so yeah he like tells him i'm your father and everything and like he's all excited he gives sinbad the toy and tells him i have the real turbo man as a dad sinbad's going to jail and that toy is going to be impounded and it's probably going to be stolen from the evidence locker also arnold's going to jail too Probably. probably probably um that's where the movie ends. That's pretty much where the movie yeah, ends. It, there's no resolution. Yeah, there's Not really. No resolution. You know, Arnold went right back to neglecting his kid like a week later. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, one week later showing that he's a better father or something like that. There's none of that. It just, like, ended right after the parade scene. What did you get me? Yeah, everything was fine, apparently. Oh, except for the cops. Like, we could use a man like you on the force. And he looks at the cop and salutes him. And the cop looks like he's going to throw up. Because it's that cop from yeah. earlier. And he apologizes for, yeah. like, fucking him up. Yeah, he just yeah. upped that cop up, like, throughout the whole movie, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's pretty much it. I mean, again, it, like, has, like... And it kind of just ends. Yeah. Oh, um, there's also this great scene where Jake Lloyd and the other kid are like high fiving over the cat and hat. Oh God! Parade. Yeah. And it was like, wait, what? we know that character. Yeah. Oh, this oh. is awesome. Oh. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. 
god. That, yeah. that was the other thing. Like the parade characters, uh, we're pretty sure they spent their budget on Barbie in a uh, convertible, convertible, Sonic the, the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog, and the Ninja Turtles. Because everybody else was like Raggedy Ann and the Rock'em Sock'em, Sock'em robots. robots and the Cat in the Hat. But the Cat in the Hat part was hilarious because they high fived over it and went, "Yeah, Cat in the Hat, yeah!" <laughs> like, why? That's why they won't let Arnold be president. They're jealous. It ain't right. War! Yeah! Three! Yeah! Yeah! Here comes Jack! Yeah! That's gonna conclude it for the weirdest Christmas movie ever made. And I mean, we're not counting like Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny and stuff, because I mean, there's a lot weirder, but yeah. this is the weirdest Christmas movie. This played movie in a movie theater that across America. Wasn't made with like weird recycled footage and stuff. Yeah. Again, this played like. This was released in theaters to yeah. a theatrical. They thought they were going to make money on this. Movie. Yeah, this is a multi-million dollar budget. Oh, and okay. Uh, I had one last observation. Go ahead. Uh, one last observation. I was going to say the movie definitely has this really weird, like late nineties. I mean, we also already mentioned one thing about like you know the the sidekick character. Like there's the, that one unique part, but there is that one part he yells Rodney King for apparently no reason. Oh yeah, when he's being like smothered. Also, I don't remember Phil Hartman's in Coneheads. Like, I know he's not one of the Coneheads, but I actually, I think he is in Coneheads. I want to say he's a character in Coneheads, which is crazy because I just realized that was the third movie that Sinbad and Phil Hartman were in together. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, they were in House Guest, which is about Sinbad, like, hiding out at Phil Hartman's house, pretending to be his friend from, like, boarding school. Yeah. And uh, that he hasn't seen in, like, 30 years. Yeah. And then... um. There was Coneheads, which I want to say Phil Hartman was in Coneheads. And uh, then he's also in Jingle All the Way. Yeah, Sinbad was in the three movies of Phil Hartman. Uh, yeah, my final reaction was, honestly, it's not as bad as I remember it being as a kid. Um, I think it's because at the time everything was so dated. Yeah, and I mean, I definitely like consider it one of those movies I think I would watch every Christmas just because it's like... An it's okay weird Christmas movie, but it is the weirdest Christmas movie ever made. And the reason why we got onto this movie um, is because we just we we, we and because we're actually playing another episode, right, about Arnold Schwarzenegger, yes, which we'll do soon. Yeah, we'll yeah, do that. We'll do that. Oh yeah, I but. just I, I wanted to say because it was kind of funny. We, we've been just been watching Total Recall and stuff, and then today Millie's like, "Now you got to watch Jingle All the Way." Yeah, <laughs> it's Arnold's Christmas movie. Yeah, and it's one of the weirdest <laughs> movies ever made. Um. I will say that it is entertaining. It's very entertaining. It leaves you questioning a lot. But if we can take a few things uh, home with us today, here they are. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a fun actor to watch. The police are incompetent shitheads everywhere. And Jake Lloyd is annoying as all goddamn. Good night. Good night. (laughs) 